Uh, anybody remember this guy? A blast from the past. I, uh, I asked the teenagers at the last service if any of them knew who this was, and uh, one of them's dad told her who it was. I found that afterwards. I thought she had guessed it. Do any of the people under 20 in the room know who this is? Anybody? All right, everybody over 20, who can tell me what that, who that is? Uh, Deputy Dog. That's a good guess, actually. I used to love Deputy Dog. McGruff. Remember McGruff, the crime dog? Who can remember what it was that McGruff, the crime dog, used to say? Yeah, take a bite out of crime. Exactly. Good old McGruff. He was part of that nationwide campaign. Uh, Many of you will remember from back in the 80s and 90s to fight crime in America. And one of the strategies that came along with McGruff was the whole neighborhood watch concept, encouraging neighbors in neighborhoods to watch out for each other and for their community and to report anyone or anything that was out of the ordinary that seemed or looked suspicious or out of place. And it was quite an effective strategy, actually. It seems though in in modern days with so many of these ring doorbells and security cameras and all the rest that the whole focus and emphasis on the neighborhood watch is somewhat faded. I don't know, it may not officially be, but it seems like it's not getting as much focus uh, these days. So we want these next few weeks to think about neighborhood watch a little differently in terms of watching and noticing in order to be more and better aware of the needs of our neighborhoods that we might better love and bless our city, that we might better love and bless our community, that we might better love and bless our neighborhoods. Back 2,500 years ago, the people of God had been defeated, and they had been kicked out of their homes, kicked off their homeland, and sent off into exile in the land of Babylon. And this was God's judgment for their having constantly, continually turned from and against and away from God himself. And so the prophet Jeremiah, God's prophet, had warned the people about that. Then it had come to pass. And so now after the people were in exile, Jeremiah wrote this letter to the leaders of the exiles. And this letter, he's telling them to basically keep on living. And while they're there in that city, he says for them to pray for and to seek the welfare of the place where you've been placed, trusting in God's good purpose and in God's good plan to be and to continue to be at work in and through that whole experience of their exile. So keep that background in mind as we read some lines from Jeremiah in the Old Testament of the Bible in Jeremiah 29. And so if you have a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to open that to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah. Uh, again, chapter 29, I'm going to start with verse 4 and we'll go from there. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. And I'm going to skip down to verse 7. But seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare you'll find your welfare. And skipping down to verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good or plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and to give you a hope. This is the word of God. Amen. So these were exiles. 
living uh, in a foreign land for a time where God had sent them, as we read this morning from Jeremiah. And they're holding on to their ultimate hope in God's promise of restoration and return to their homes in Jerusalem. But in the meantime, and in the moment, they are to build houses, as we read. They're to plant gardens. They're to eat produce. They're to marry and to have children, to basically keep on living, all the while praying for and seeking the welfare of the city where they had been placed, where God had placed them for a time. Now, from a Christian perspective, we look at the whole message of God from the whole story of God in the whole of the Bible, the Old and New Testaments together as one. And as believers, we see ourselves as citizens of heaven, as Paul says in Philippians. And as citizens of heaven, that means that we are, in essence, ourselves sojourners and exiles in this earthly life, as Peter said in 1 Peter. And so, in essence, we have one foot in this earthly Babylon-like life and world, and at the same time, another foot in our heart's true home with God. And we hold on to, as those exiles did all those years ago, we hold on to that ultimate hope for God's promise and for God's purpose and for God's plan to unfold for us. And it's a plan for good and not for evil. A plan to give us a future and to give us a hope as we read today. Just like those exiles from 2,500 years ago, we too are called to pray for and to seek the welfare of the place where we have been placed. The city where God has placed us. Are you doing that? Are you praying for And truly seeking the welfare of the city. Are you praying for and seeking the welfare of the community? Praying for, seeking the welfare of even your neighborhood. For its earthly good and blessing. And even more than that, for its eternal good and blessing. How can you pray for the neighborhood? Well, first of all, watch talking about neighborhood watch, just watch, just notice, just be aware of and sensitive to all the people and the problems and the needs that are all around you all the time. Learn and know your neighbors if you don't already. Learn and know more about them and, and have a genuine heart for them and for their welfare. Pray for and seek the welfare of the city, the place where you've been placed. Let's face it. Some neighbors aren't going to welcome that. I've heard some interesting stories from people along the way. I I could share some interesting stories myself from some neighbors up in Virginia. But I'm I'm not going to ask you to share any of this, but raise your hand if you could share an interesting story about a neighbor. Buddy, there you go. Look at that. I'm a realist, okay? I realize that every neighbor is not necessarily going to welcome uh, what you may seek to do for them or even your prayers for them. Uh, They might shut the door. They might slam the door. They might slam the door in your face. I don't know. Neighbors can be interesting. Sometimes those are the ones who need the prayers the most. And sometimes we in those situations need prayers ourselves for patience and for grace to handle those types of relations. Pray for God to give you opportunities to bless your neighbors, the ones physically right there around you, around your home. 
but also others, as we heard earlier today. Pray for and bless your neighbors. Pray for God to give you opportunities to bless the community, to bless the city where you and we have been placed. And then watch for God to present those opportunities for you. Neighborhood watch. Remember, watch for the opportunities that God gives and provides, and then act on those opportunities. Pray for them, watch for the opportunities, and then act on those opportunities. I'm going to actually invite all of you to do something along these lines with me in a couple of weeks. I would love for us as a church to bless a business right here in Boca Raton. So think about it. In two weeks, February 16th, two weeks from today, I would love for as many of you as possible to join my family and me down at the Yard House Restaurant in Meisner Park right after church, 12 o'clock noon, all right? Just dozens of friends from Grace converging there at, at the Yard House, doing anything and everything we can to bless all the people around us. Now think about how that might look. All right, I'm going to... I'm going to go above and beyond to be kind and gracious to the server at our table, at my table, my family's table. Um, And I hope if you come, you'll do the same thing. If you're typically short and rude to your server, that would not be a good day to do it if we're representing grace. And uh, I might might go overboard in a very generous tip to the server that day and just offer encouragement and appreciation in a big way. If you're there, maybe you can do the same thing. I might seek out a couple that's not from grace or a family that's not from grace and offer to, to pay their bill not, and to do that anonymously. Not seeking credit for that, but just asking the server, if they ask the server, to tell them someone from Grace Community Church wanted to provide for their meal. And if you're there, I hope you'll do the same thing. Blessing a business, representing grace as best we can representing God as best we can by praying for and seeking the welfare of the place where we've been placed. So mark your calendars, two weeks from today, February 16th, 12 noon, right after this service. That would give us time to get over there, give the folks from the first service time to go home, take a nap, change all the rest, get there (laughs) by 12 noon, and we'll have a big time. Dozens of friends from Grace converging there to bless a business. Now, what happens if we have hundreds from grace? There you go. We just have to split up and bless a few businesses, wouldn't we? That'd be a good thing. It might just end up being just pure fellowship with us, which would be a great thing, right? But God can do wonderful things through these types of efforts. So I hope you'll mark your calendar and plan to be there. Neighborhood watch, praying for, seeking the welfare of the place where we've been placed. And that... It can take the form of earthly blessings like we just said with the restaurant, blessing the business. Even better, though, and so much more importantly, we need to seek, and, seek for and to pray for the welfare of the city in terms of the eternal blessing of the light and the love of Jesus for any and all who don't yet know him. I wonder if any of you saw that article uh, last week. It was midweek sometime about the guy who took his Rolex watch to the Antiques Roadshow. How many of you saw that article? Good, excellent. So you know where I'm going with this. But the rest of you, if you didn't see that or hear about it, um, this guy bought a Rolex watch for something like $300 back in the 70s when he was stationed overseas in the Navy. So he bought this Rolex. $300 back then was a lot of money. 
And so it still is a lot of money, all right? So, but back then especially, and he put that watch aside. And then just recently he brought it out uh, to the Antiques Roadshow and had it appraised. And the appraiser was going through all the reasons why this watch was so special and so valuable. And then this happened. Watch this. This particular model, being marked Oyster, is extremely, extremely rare. A watch like this at auction is worth about $400,000. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> Isn't that good? Whoa. That's good stuff right there. I'd have done the same thing. And if you read that or saw it, you know that the story continued. The next 20, 30 seconds, he went on to say that it was actually worth more like $700,000. It's not a bad return on investment. Three hundred to seven hundred thousand. It's amazing. When when this man finally realized the treasure that he had, you saw it. He was completely and literally and physically bowled over and blown away. Here's the thing. That's earthly treasure. That's earthly treasure. What God offers, what God gives in Jesus is eternal. It's priceless. It's life-giving. It's life-changing. It's life-saving. Nothing, not one single thing can even close to compare. Not anywhere even remotely close. And yet so often that eternal priceless treasure is missed. It's, it's brushed aside or it's ignored or it is declined or it is outright and downright rejected. When God opens our eyes, when the Holy Spirit opens the eyes of our hearts to, to see that treasure for what it really is, you talk about being bowled over and blown away. That's exactly what happens. If you've experienced that, you know exactly what I mean. Eternal priceless blessing of the love and light of Jesus makes us blessed beyond measure if and when by the grace of God we receive it. And then, just like God told Abraham all those years ago, we, like Abraham, are blessed in order to be a blessing. Take that with you today. Take that with you through this week. You are blessed to be a blessing. Jesus uh, traveled all around the cities and the villages, blessing one after the other. He was teaching, he was preaching, he was healing, and in all that, he was blessing. And this is what he said one day to his disciples. We're going to read this from the book of Matthew, and chapter 9, starting with verse 35. <clears throat> and Jesus went throughout all the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest was plentiful then, and the harvest is plentiful still. The city where Jesus was then 
had so many people who were, in his own words, harassed and helpless in need of good news. The city where you and I are now has so many people who are harassed and helpless in need of good news, even if they don't realize it, even if they want, don't want to hear that. And, and laborers for the kingdom, laborers for Jesus were needed then, and laborers for the kingdom and for Jesus are needed now. And who will be those laborers if not you and me? There was a, a well-known preacher some time ago. His name was Charles Spurgeon. Any of you heard of Charles Spurgeon? None of you have. He was preaching one day, and in his message and worship that day, he said something along these lines. He said, every Christian here in the room right now is either a missionary representing Jesus or an imposter. Think about that. Let that hit home. Everyone here is either a missionary representing Jesus or an imposter. In other words, being a laborer for Jesus is not optional for believers. Being a blessing for the community is not optional. Praying for and seeking the welfare of the city is not optional. Neighborhood watch is not optional. It is essential and it is crucial. Neighborhood watch is essential. When you walk through a Lowe's or a Home Depot, have you ever noticed that uh, the lighting section is so much more brightly lit than the rest of the building? Probably all have noticed that, even though you didn't think about it. And there's a pretty clear and obvious reason, right? It's because all the lighting fixtures and all the lamps and all the light bulbs are concentrated in that one spot on the store. That makes me think about Sunday mornings. All the little lights concentrated in this one place, 600 West Camino Real. And lots of little lights concentrated in other churches all around Boca Raton, right here and now. Gathered together to worship and to praise and to glorify and to honor and to magnify the one and only true light of the world. And that's a great and good and wonderful, wonderful thing. But here's the thing. God doesn't want us to stay concentrated in one spot, does he? No. He calls us and he sends us to go out and to spread out from here into a dimly lit world. Caring and bringing the light and the love of Jesus wherever there are the shadows of darkness. Praying for and seeking the welfare of the place where we have been placed. How, how can you? And how will you do that this week? God wants you to do something specific in your particular place. The place where God has placed you. Only you. God wants you to do something specific. Pray first that God will give you and that God will show you the opportunity. And pray next that God will lead you to do it. That's what we're going to pray for here in just a minute, along with praying for the welfare of our city that we love and that God loves, along with praying, as Jesus said, that the Lord of the harvest will send out laborers to do his work. So we're going to pray. I'm going to pray, and then uh, we'll sing our closing song. And, and during that song, if any of you would like to pray in person, uh, Laurie Harding will be down here. I'll be on this side, and we welcome you to come forward for prayer. We'd be honored to pray with you today or any day. So let's go to God in prayer.